Robbie Martin from Media Roots Radio. Abby and I recorded a broadcast immediately following um, the aftermath of the Boston Marathon bombings. And last night, as we were getting prepared to upload the episode, um, a lot of new developments happened. And in some ways, it changes the context of our broadcast only slightly. Um, a lot of the things we talk about that we're going to air for you later um, are still very relevant, even after all this other stuff happened. And for those who aren't up to date on the information, uh, three people were killed in a bomb attack at the Boston Marathon finish line in two separate bombs. Um, through crowdsourcing and from what it seems like, it seems like a lot of people on the internet um, looked at all this raw photography that was um, available from the day of the Boston Marathon and started crowdsourcing. This is a new word, crowdsourcing, um, which means many people working in tandem from all over the world were looking at these pictures, circling people's faces, suspicious looking people with backpacks. Um, it turns out most of those people that were circled and deemed suspicious uh, are not actual official suspects, but the FBI did release two photographs at 5 p.m. on April the 18th, which at the time of this um, recording was yesterday evening. These two suspects um, were both young men, and besides the photographs that the FBI released, the FBI did not release any other evidence to the public showing us why they were suspects. Uh, the FBI claims that they had a videotape of the suspects slowly walking away from the bombing as it was happening. Um, I haven't seen that video. They haven't released it. Um, even if that were what actually was on the video, um, I personally don't see that as hard evidence to convince me that these people were behind the bombing. Um, and there was this question being asked, you know, out loud, you know, by Chris Matthews, you know, on the MSNBC side, you had people speculating that it was, you know, it might be this right winger type um, lone wolf, white, white guy, uh, basement dweller, um, you know, kind of a, a Timothy McVeigh type. Um, I think David Axelrod sort of floated the suggestion out there that it might be because of tax day, which was April 15th, um, three days before they released these photos. Uh, April 15th is tax day for those who don't live in the United States. That's the day we're supposed to turn in our taxes. So sort of the assertion that was suggested was that it was like a Tea Party anti-tax person, perhaps. But then on the other side of it, you had Fox News and a lot of the more neoconservative, um, you know, post 9-11 people who live in fear of terrorism and, and believe in this wider sort of Muslim terroristic threat. They were asserting that, um, you know, that this is what the this is how Muslim terrorist attacks happen. They do a double tap. Um, people were sort of already speculating that this was probably a Muslim guy pretty much in the aftermath of the bombing. And sadly, a few of the photos that were crowdsourced by people on the internet um, were of people who were of Arab or Muslim descent who had nothing to do with it. And one of them happened to be a 19-year-old high school student who just went on um, on a media interview and said that he is terrified of walking outside right now. Um, in the wake of the Boston Marathon bombings, there have been several... Um, 
random attacks um, on Muslim people or suspected Muslims. Um, a man, a Bangladeshi man in New York City was badly beaten and um, brought into the hospital after a group of people said he, he looked like a Muslim terrorist. Um, he was actually Indian, a Hindu man, um, which just sort of underscores the extreme ignorance and, and sort of racial intolerance that people still have. Um, you know, if you're listening out there and you think that, um, that sometimes on our show, we unfairly characterize certain viewpoints as being racist. Well, I mean, I I don't see how that could be considered not racist, you know, for doing something like that. Um, and I'm not saying that people everywhere are like that. I just, that's just a fact. A man was beaten in the wake of this because some dudes in New York thought he was, he looked like a Muslim or looked like an Arab and just beat his ass. So that kind of stuff was happening. So after five o'clock when these photos were released, um, pretty much right when everybody was starting to go to bed, you know, it was like 11 PM Pacific time. Um, I think around like one or 12 45 Eastern time. Um, the news started to broadcast live, a live feed from the Boston, um, local news and the local news wasn't really able to tell us anything. Besides this, that an MIT police officer was shot, that the suspects who shot the MIT police officer and later they found out that he, that police officer was killed, that they fled and in a high speed pursuit, they threw explosives. Uh, the media was saying that it was grenades. Um, people reported hearing explosions and gunshots. Um, and a lot of people just stayed indoors because they heard this chaos going on outside. Uh, so far, there haven't been any videos or audio recordings released of these explosions happening. Um, that's all All we're getting that information. Uh, the only place we're getting that information from so far is from the, the police. Um, and there's all, the, the, all these things being floated around right now, such as they were wearing suicide vests. Um, so the police were afraid to approach them. Um, one of the, um, one of these uh, suspects was shot in a firefight when the police tried to apprehend him. It wasn't until he was shot and killed in this firefight that the Boston PD did a press conference and used the phrase. They said, quote, we just caught a terrorist we believe he came here to kill people, end quote. And when the Boston PD guy was saying this, you could just see this anger and emotion on his face. And the inference I got from that was that he was a foreign, sort of like foreign militant terrorist, like sent from another country to harm Americans. And, you know, a lot of people maybe are not aware of the fact that Boston sort of has this notoriously racist vibe um, sort of permeating it. Uh, it's, it's a very culturally diverse city, technically speaking, but it's also very segregated and it's not uncommon to hear people using, um, racial slurs and casual conversations. If you were in Boston or in a bar in Boston, uh, it's not, it's not like going to San Francisco or New York where that sort of stuff is not tolerated. Um, Boston is well known for being a fairly racist place. Um, it already sort of the, the the way the cops were talking about it. There were already sort of hints of this, you know, this going on, and and at the same time, I mean, imagine the 
revenge and this bloodthirsty emotion that would be um, not only in response to bombing a sporting event, but then they gunned down, supposedly, allegedly, these suspects gunned down an MIT police officer. So the combination of terrorism in our hometown, one of our own gets killed. Um, not surprising at all that the f- the first suspect they tried to apprehend got killed in a firefight. Not completely unsurprising. Um, the police will say and claim that they did it because they thought he had a, a bomb strapped to him. Uh, my personal belief is that anytime the police are sort of unleashed like this in a militarized fashion, um, no cell phone communication, no copter footage, it's pretty much free reign for them to fucking go nuts. And as we saw in the Chris Dorner incident, um, they burned a man alive. Um, they shot several innocent people in a firefight trying to catch Christopher Dorner or, or suspected car that they thought was Christopher Dorner. So, you know, who knows? Um, I'm not going to believe anything that I hear from the mouths of the Boston PD until we see evidence that these people had suicide bombs or whatever. So it wasn't until this press conference that we learned that the suspects in the MIT shooting um, were actually the Boston Marathon bombing suspects that that were the same people that the FBI released photographs of at 5 p.m. So this press conference was announced around, I think, like 2, 3 a.m. Eastern time, maybe later, um, that they announced that one of them had died. Then immediately after that, it was a giant manhunt um, where they basically sent out a robocall to people to wake them up in the middle of the night. And the entire this happened in Waterton, which is about eight miles out of Boston. They sent a robocall to every resident of Waterton saying, do not leave your homes, stay in your homes. Do not answer the door for anyone unless it's a clearly identified police officer. They told people that there was an event happening and to stay indoors. So this huge manhunt ensued um, where people were, the military was, it looked like the military was on the ground. I can't say for sure if it was just SWAT or police wearing military uniforms, but there was people in camo um, with assault weapons and, and machine guns walking up and down the streets helping the police, normal um, uniform police do raids on all these houses. They were going door to door searching thousands of houses and apartment buildings for this other suspect that got away. And so right now, the newest update that we got, this suspect was on the loose for about 12 hours or so. And about an hour ago uh, from the time of this recording, it is now April 19th. Um, It's around 640 here in California. Um, about an hour ago, around 5.30 uh, p.m. Pacific time, um, it would have been around 8 in Boston, they um, announced that they had just arrested and taken into custody, unharmed the second suspect. Um, they apparently found him through thermal imaging uh, from a helicopter and found that he was hiding in a boat. And if, you listen to, if you're listening to the police scanners to try to get real-time information about this, um, you're going to hear a lot of wild, crazy shit that's maybe not actually happening. Uh, The police were saying things like, um, the boat's on fire, there's gas in the boat, Um, he's got a suicide bomb vest on. I mean, none of this stuff 
so far has been shown to be true. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible that these kids were wearing suicide vests, but I haven't seen any evidence of it yet. Um, and then also since this all sort of happened, since our, our recording that we're about to play for you, um, Obama has come out and said, anytime a bomb, a bomb is used against innocent people, it is terrorism. So he was sort of like clarifying what he, you know, what he believes. Um, the White House is still being careful about it, but this has finally turned into a CIA and FBI matter. Um, they, the CIA briefed President Obama this morning on the incident. And in the end, um, we found out that these kids, these alleged bombers, are Muslims which is not much of a surprise. Um, you know, it's either going to be one or the other, generally speaking, you know, Muslim or white guy, you know, white, white, non-Muslim, just like a, a random crazy dude. Um, so I don't think very many people, nor I was surprised by that. But what is sort of surprising is that their backgrounds are from um, Chechnya. And that's a country that has a very... Uh, interesting and complex history that's been riddled with uh, civil war um, all these different uprisings and warring factions um, it's not generally seen as a Muslim country uh, but apparently it is um, I'm not really that familiar with Chechen history so one of the suspects is alive and is now in custody and if there is evidence to prove that he was part of the Boston bombing and that he was the only one involved, uh, then hopefully we will get to see that evidence shortly. Um, because this is still a media uh, spectacle. Ever since about 10 p.m. last night, it's been nonstop coverage. And we're, we're into at least the... 20th hour of this type of coverage straight. I mean, continuous live CNN coverage, you know, Anderson Cooper, you know, all the people, you know, hanging out, whatever. So we'll see how this all unfolds, but um, please enjoy uh, the broadcast you're about to hear. And remember that this was recorded before the um, pictures of the suspects, alleged suspects were released to the public. And, um, yeah, once we find out more information, we will do another broadcast about this. Welcome to Media Roots Radio. I'm your host, Abby Martin. And this is your host, Robbie Martin. So, Robbie, right after we did this 9-11 broadcast, this whole three-hour epically long broadcast that people can check out on the timeline right now, it's an interactive timeline. You can check out all the links and stuff as we're discussing this, but it's amazing that right after this, as we go over all of the, the agitation, propaganda, and kind of conditioning from the media, we see this Boston bombings happen um, and subsequent rice and poisoning um, of multiple public officials, including the White House. At the end of our broadcast, I, I just re-listened to part of it just to make sure it was all error-free. And at the last part of it, we're talking about how every once in a while there, there needs to be this reminder that, that, you know, of why we're fighting the war on terror this sort of emotional trauma, like to re reopen that wound of nine 11 and, you know, whoever was responsible for this, the effect that it's had is sort of reigniting that fear that's still buried in, in all of us right now. 
you know, whether we realize it or not, we're still sort of, you know, in a collective state of PTSD, you know, not, not, not like you wouldn't be diagnosed with PTSD, but it's like a mini version of that that we're all still suffering from. Yeah. We're the boiling, we're the proverbial boiling frogs in the pot of water. I mean, that, that is, it's just been bubbling up inside for so long and it's, and it's so many levels of conditioning one on top of the other that it's hard to kind of pinpoint and be like, Oh no, you know, I am affected. I'm not affected. I mean, we all are affected and and Robbie today Giuliani is on TV saying that the the ricin is linked to the bombings and also everyone that I hear from all these pundits and anchors they're all just repeating stuff about 9/11s like just dredging up anthrax and 9/11 all day I don't know if you can if you can stomach it and actually watch some of the mainstream media coverage just unedited just to see the the levels of the depravity and um sensationalism and fear-mongering that you know that were going on on the during the time of the bombing and just in case anyone doesn't know the details uh two explosives were set off at the finish line of the boston marathon about 10 seconds apart from one another at this point three people died and then something like over 170 were injured. That ranges from, I think there were something like 10 to 15 amputated limbs, you know, by the, some of the survivors. And then the rest were more minor injuries. They were playing. Uh, one of the funniest things that I saw on the news was Fox News was just playing what looked like an animated GIF of the <laughs> of the explosion. And like that old guy, uh, that 70 year old guy, like falling to the ground, like he was one of the only guys that <laughs> fell to the ground while the explosion happened. And they were looping it over and over again, this very small loop. It was like a two-second loop, just in the background while they were interviewing people all day long, just loop, loop, loop. It was ridiculous. Well, that's what I was saying. My, some of my co-workers were just like, well, what are they supposed to show when they're talking to people? I'm like, I don't, they, they can show anything but that. I mean, do they need to show this guy falling? I said that. I was like, they keep showing this guy just falling in this giant explosion. And then they would like slow it down and just show each frame of the explosion like yeah. over and over again it's just like good god and like aaron burnett flies there for the day anderson cooper it's like everyone's on the ground reporting the aftermath of you know just i didn't even see that i must have not even watched oh, that god. far into it i i watched just mostly on the day that it happened like i think like 45 minutes after it happened i started watching the news and they were already reporting that a third explosion had gone off at the jfk library um, so it already seemed like some sort of multi-bombing attack that was happening all over Boston at once, right. you know. When it was later found out that that was an unrelated fire at the JFK Library, it had absolutely nothing to do with uh, the bombing. Um, kind of, I mean, it was a real fire, apparently, but it had no, it wasn't, had nothing to do with uh, the events that happened at the marathon. Yeah, and also, there's this really sad article today from the New Yorker about, like, the guy from the marathon who was quote apprehended like the yeah, the Saudi suspect or whatever you know that those the Saudi came national out. The Saudi national the you know it came out later that he wasn't a suspect he wasn't anything he was just simply arab running away from the scene as was everyone else who was running for their lives after hearing all these explosions when you run i mean so they yeah. they apprehended this guy and like raided his house and like was harass like fox news like harassing his roommate saying did you know that you were living with a terrorist and all this stuff like it's so oh crazy my God. well the, i saw a quote somewhere well you know there's all these stupid memes happening right now and and i saw one of the only good ones that i remembered was somebody saying like 
the problem of being brown and exploded. That's what makes it unfortunate for someone of a particular race to be harmed in a terrorist attack, especially in the United States. Say if he was one of the only Muslim or Arab people in the area when it happened, then he, you know, just by default, he's going to be looked at as a suspect because whether they officially have racial profiling or not, they still racially profile just like any cops do. You know, it's not, it's not written down anywhere, but of course they racially profile. Yeah. It's just a sad occurrence. Even the fact that they were calling him a Saudi national, like if he was a white guy from Sweden, would they call him a Swedish national? It's just kind of strange that they would, I mean, it was, came from the New York post and they're the, they're, they're owned by News Corp. That's that really sensationalist free newspaper that you can get on the streets of New York. Yeah, yeah, it's awful, awful (laughs) paper. Um, There's a lot that can be said, but I mean, as far as the media's coverage of it, it's just, it's, it's like disaster porn is what I called it on the show today. But, I mean, just zeroing in on one tragedy over and over again, exploiting the fuck out of it. Yeah, I it's mean, almost, it kind of reminds me of when, you know, before the before the Fukushima disaster was known mostly as a nuclear incident, it was like all that footage of the tsunami that the news was just showing for weeks. Remember that? <laughs> that was like disaster porn on a similar level to this, except this is more emotional and visceral for us because we're we're reminded of 9-11 and, and that emotional abuse that we were put through by our government and media during 9-11. It's like reinvigorating that, not just the fear, but that abuse response, right. you know, right. we've been abused and we've been, it's like we've been conditioned to respond in a certain way. And that way is to be like, who did it? Who are these motherfuckers yeah, who did course, it? Where are they from? And of course they're speculating everything from Muslims. You know, there's Fox news contributors who tweeted and they meet it aftermath that they should kill all Muslims. Muslims are evil. And then you have... Are you serious? Um, Fox News contributor? Yeah, yeah. Eric cool. Eric Welsh or something. I'll, I'll link to it right now. Um, but then... Wow, that's really fucked up. And then you have... Um, I mean, so many people in the alternative, quote, alternative media movement saying that it was a false flag within minutes of um, of the events and, and posting things like the Family Guy clip of an edit together Family Guy episode and just like a, a video tutorial showing how a Facebook page was created days before the attack. First of all, I don't know if these people have no concept of how the Internet works, but those things can be like easily edited. Plus, I think this was like in the post of the Facebook page. It well, was like the date stamp. Yeah, I mean... It's let's just say first that the concept of a false flag attack or a false flag terrorist attack is a very real concept and it needs to be taken seriously and investigated with a critical analysis of U.S. history and, you know, current U.S. policy. But to continually after any single any event like this whether it's terrorism or mass shooting to say it's a false flag, it becomes like the boy who cried wolf. I mean, it's not the concept itself becomes almost a joke to people. Right. I mean, and it's already happened. I see people, you know, before people were even screaming false flag theories, people were posting saying, okay, when are the false flag theories going to come? Right. You know, like, uh, uh, give me, like I gave it, you know, 10 more minutes before the info wars, false flag, people start flooding this message board. I mean, because it's become that notorious of a sort of Boyd who cried wolf mentality. And that's what I mean when I say these kind of more absurd theories put forth based on really nothing except maybe strange coincidences, even if, you know, even if that really were valid, like it's it's does nothing but a disservice to post these things in the immediate aftermath without even giving it time for the facts to emerge. 
or just or maybe asking really... the putting the question out there. Would yeah, be more yeah. Instead of just claiming, the instead of just being like, "This is a false flag. There's no doubt." Da, da, da. I mean, that it's just I just don't see how anyone can disagree with the fact that that is damaging to real truth pursuits, and it and it is easy to discredit if it's not true, and then it will discredit us further if there is something legitimately a false flag. And I'm not ruling anything out. Of course, this government, ha- you know, they spend millions of dollars every year trying to stage terror attacks and then and then um, thwarting them at the last minute so they can keep the threat alive. I'm full of, fully aware of that. We're both fully aware that 9-11, um, there's many questions about 9-11. Uh, so I'm not ruling out anything. I'm just saying it's really, I think, irresponsible and it's really destructive to do that and to push those kind of theories, even saying that Muslims did it. We have no facts at all. It could be anything. Um, so it's just poisoning the well and makes people completely turned off to even asking those questions and makes critical thinkers look bad. And, and the, the thing that irritates me the most about this quote-unquote movement, if you can call it that at this point, is that if you question the theories, then you're a shill. How dare you? It's like if you question the conspiracy theories that are being put out there, then you're an idiot. And that's like on the wor- on the on the like worse end of the spectrum. Like there's people more in between who are still, I think, sort of pose a threat to the real truth getting out there. Maybe that are unwitting sort of participants in in spreading a lot of these false theories. Like people who who will you know reject what you just said and say, well, but but it's better to just question everything. You know, why wouldn't I question everything if so many things are lies? Well, it's like that's. That's okay to do, but to assert your own theories or speculative theories or things that are come in the form of like a J, like a JPEG file with text over it with barely anything else, no <laughs> no validity. I mean, someone just posted something yesterday showing this one of the Sandy Hook victims apparently involved in the um, uh, the marathon bombing. Oh yeah, that she was alive still. Yeah, I saw yeah, that and too. they were like, "Look at this! I can't believe this!" And it was this weird. It looked like <laughs> someone took a picture of their computer screen that had a Facebook post on it, and then that was the picture. Like, imagine. Okay, I mean, it's hard to explain, but it was someone. It looked like a picture of a picture. Yeah. <laughs> of a computer screen. Yeah. And it was. It could have been so easily photoshopped or whatever, and I was just thinking, uh, I don't know. It's just it is very very frustrating because when you actually want to examine and get to the root of a lot of the the issues that a, a bombing like this um, creates, then it's it makes it difficult because there's so much of this other stuff out there that sort of drowns out you know other skeptical theories you know that are more fact based. Yeah, and and that's the real damage is that. All of the people who are, who do have legitimate questions and concerns, and we're already beaten down enough by the establishment, by all of the media, even the alternative press, um, they don't even touch these issues because they're so poisoned and like, and it turns people off from even looking at them critically. And it's gotten so bad. I mean, it's just paranoia at this point that's just completely baseless. And and people have been arguing with me all day, dude. I mean, especially after this piece that I just posted where I um, called called these people out because i was just like this is really destructive and we don't know anything yet and they're just like well we should just assume like it's not baseless it's uh you know there's so many precedents that go along with it and it's like well Well, that's baseless right now that's i mean that's fine if you want to believe that i mean i'm i respect the fact that people want to believe that you know there are like you know gray aliens coming down to abduct people you know and and taking off to do experiments on them i can respect that that's your personal belief but not if you're going to take it and just try to inject it into any conversation about like 
politics, you know, and, and that's the problem. A lot of these, you know, a lot of theories that run counter to what we hear from the mainstream media are true. And like you're saying, they, you know, it makes it, 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 it makes people not want to touch it now, you know, like the Bin Laden raid, for instance, there were so many wild theories surrounding that, that I think that it's just sort of discouraged people who might have questioned it, but then we're just like, no, fuck it. I don't want to be associated with these people who, you know, believe that the U.S. government found him on, like, a block of ice and then waiting for him to, like, uh, for this right moment to whisk him out. I mean, actually, Walter Cronkite is the one who said that. That's funny. That's funny. But aside from all of this that we're talking about, the way that the corporate media zeroes in on this tragedy and ignores... I mean, the thousands dead in the same exact way. And you have Obama coming out, giving this press conference saying, you know, any act, any bombing against innocent civilians is an act of terror. And it's like, dude, look in the mirror. This is your this is what you've perpetuated all across the Middle East and Asia and Africa. I mean, you are facilitating this exact kind of terror on a much larger scale than this. I mean, we're talking about one bombing that killed three people. And I'm not I'm not downplaying this at all. It was horrific and it's terrible. But seeing this coverage and seeing how horrifying this is and how scared everyone is and how much of an uproar the nation is about it, I'm just thinking this is what people in Iraq, Afghanistan, Yemen, Pakistan experience on a daily basis, on a daily basis. On the same day that this happened in Boston on Monday, there were like 20 separate bombs, or I'm sorry, like like 33 separate bomb attacks in Iraq that killed dozens of civilians. Yeah, when you put it into the context of... of other bombings that happen around the world, the type of terrorism that, you know, we, you hear about all the time happening in other parts of the world. I mean, even just like one, you know, like a bombing in a nightclub or something seems to be this, if you put it in that context, this seems to be on a relatively small scale, only three fatalities. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to downplay the importance of the fact that three people died but it's really it is a very minuscule in comparison to the like the type of what is normally considered a terrorist bombing or whatever or what what we're doing i mean that was what you were talking about but i i find what i find interesting is that obama first I, i was watching tv from about an hour and a half after it happened i watched the boston pd press conference where someone was screaming from the back is this a false flag terrorist attack as they were like walking out, I was like, "Whoa, that was weird." And that was on live TV, you know. And then I thought, "Well, maybe this is you know some disinfo guy or just some you know guy who's who's you know whatever." But then uh, Obama did his speech. I think like twenty minutes after I started watching TV, and he was extremely um, short about what he said about it. He just said that this is a tragedy. He didn't even use the word terrorism mm-hmm. or terror in it. And then it was funny because before he spoke, a lot of the people in the press were speculating on, on air. Will Obama call this a terrorist attack coming up soon? President Obama will speak about this issue. And it was almost like they were all waiting for him to acknowledge that it was a terrorist attack, even though they were already calling it that, but it was almost like they wanted they wanted to, him to acknowledge it so that, like, in in a, in a sort of abstract sense, it would be connected to that larger framework paradigm of the war on terror. 
Um, yeah, because they're I mean waiting to see. Yeah, because like the race and religion is going to determine a lot of the narrative here of who yeah. did it, or or even just what Obama calls it. Right. You know, because it was like the press right. had gotten. It's almost like they were like trained animals, like a circus animal who was trained that after every time Bush, the Bush administration would inject these certain type of you know PR fear stories into the media. The you know the media was supposed to re- sort of reinforce that narrative of why we're fighting this war on terror yeah, yeah, yeah. for them, and it was almost kind of like. Like they were waiting for that to happen this time too, but it didn't happen exactly that way. And that's, and that's kind of what makes me think that a lot of these accusations on false flag or whatever are, are especially unfounded because the way the federal government has responded to it, the white, I feel like the white house, let's just assume for a second that, that it was a false flag. Wouldn't you expect the White House, like just like the Bush administration, to come out and just ex- immediately use those, that fear for something. Yeah, and, and remember, remember, sell? and this is what I was thinking too today is that right after nine eleven, within hours, Bin Laden's name was already out there. All the hijackers, we already kind of knew. We were linking it all together. It was like already the narrative was so tightly in place. It just seems like this is legitimate, and I'm. This is also complete speculation. I have no idea what's going on, but it just seems like with such little casualties and once again i'm not downplaying the casualties every loss of life is tragic and every life is precious but with such a low amount of casualties and also just there's just things about it like we don't have any idea what's going on yeah like you said the white house's reluctance to kind of uh jump on the word terrorism stuff it just seems like they don't know what's going on either who knows though i don't know no, but I think that there's definitely like an automatic media response to try to characterize this into that larger framework of the war on terror. Of course. And the Republicans, with the help of certain media outlets like Fox News during the um, the 2012 presidential debates, tried to do the same thing with Benghazi, where they like tried to zing Obama during the debates about, you did you use the word terror? To refer, you know, it was like that was the important meat that like we were trying to like bite into. But it's like if you really think about it, it's such a bizarre. And it's become so meaningless. It it is completely meaningless because on there's different levels of what terrorism is. On one level, you know, this is just like the you know the Olympic terrorism bombing um, during in the Olympic Village. Uh, I think it was like in Atlanta. It happened before nine eleven, and I'm sure the media was probably calling it uh, you know terrorism back then but they weren't using it in the same way that they use it now and when they use it now they mean it in this sort of larger framework and i think what's important to realize is that even if it was a false flag and if even if it wasn't a false flag it doesn't matter i mean of course it matters it's it's way worse but i'm saying that the media is going to use it and the political establishment is going to use it in the same exact way i mean they're going to exploit the shit out of it they're going to continue to sensationalize it and, and dramatize it and use it to fearmonger us into submission. I mean, that's their full on agenda. And let's just talk a little bit about the fact that, um, I go, what was I just going to say? <laughs> I won't, oh, I was going to say with all of these, you know, with all of these like provocations going on every year with the FBI entrapment cases of all these Muslims and, and trying to like, set the stage that there's still this domestic front of the war on terror. I was just thinking how crazy would it be if one of those entrapment cases like went too far? Cause we hear all the time that there's like a dummy bomb or they take the, or whatever. I mean, what if one of them was like infiltrated and they gave him a real yeah, bomb or something? Course. It's just like, it's just this weird thought in my mind. And you reminded me that the first world trade center bombing, that was what happened. 
Yeah, apparently during the first World Trade Center 1993 bombing where there there was a van bomb, a van with a bomb in it parked in the basement of the World Trade Center that an FBI agent had an informant inside the circle of people and basically the guy the informant's claim after the fact is that they gave the so-called terrorist material to do the the bombing with so it was almost like a sting operation um from beginning to end i mean these were real people who weren't all working for the government it was only one fbi informant in the group but they he was sort of directing them and giving them Mm -hmm. materials via the fbi who was their his handler and this is all came out. It it was made into a a HBO original film called The Path to Paradise. Uh, that I don't even know if it came out on DVD, but I have a VHS copy of it. It's it's out there. You can watch parts of it on YouTube. And actually, there's a interesting scene at the end of the movie where they're flying away. One of the guys who got arrested, I guess, who um, was involved in the bombing, they're flying him away in a helicopter, and they're looking at both towers from the helicopter window. And the guy says. Uh, you see both of those right there? He says to the agent, and the guy's like, yeah. And he's like, "He's like, they'll be gone soon, or something like what? that. What? Yeah. I mean, it was already <laughs> out in the public consciousness back in, like, the mid-90s. That, that, the, the, that, that was a target, yeah. That it was, like, a, a possible potential target. I mean, John uh, right. Tom Clancy wrote a novel about it. Um, you know, even Stephen Hatfield uh, wrote a novel about a bioterrorist who worked inside the U.S. government who was sending out things like anthrax mm-hmm. and other various biological diseases. But again, if you're one of these people who screams false flag after an event, I guess you could see that you'll you'll see that as some sort of New World Order pre-programming, <laughs> which is another bizarre conspiracy theory that is ridiculous. That I, it's just and it's just all over the place. Like people are saying this Family Guy thing was like pre-programming for this event and all this bullshit. Yeah. It's really, it's really, really strange. Um, but I think the most important thing is to just like, well, first of all, turn off the corporate media cause it's toxic, but, but just to like wait until facts emerge before you really, I just feel like everyone needs to just shout off their opinion on the internet now. And it's just totally toxic mentality to do that. Just like take a step back and, and let us find out what's going on and, and let us analyze it like rational, critical thinking adults, because that's what we should be. We should try to be those people <laughs> yeah. if we want to move this discourse further. And if we want to be taken seriously when we do question um, these things, there is one thing that we do know is that uh, the media and our politicians will lie and will use the event to exploit the war on terror and, and further its agenda and further their agenda. Sorry. So it is our duty to question, but question in a way that doesn't discredit the questioners. You know what I mean? Like question logically um, and do it in a smart way because uh, we're, we are in a war of information right now and um, we have the ability to win, but we have to play our cards right. Absolutely. And I wanted to say one one thing about the way the federal government has responded to this is it's not how I expected. I mean, I expected that them to try to connect this to not, if not an, an, an ongoing conflict like with Syria, but more like the overall framework of the war on terror and sort of using it to push in some new agenda, like how the Fort hood shooting was used to connect, um, you know, th- th- make the drone war seem more relevant or NDAA mm-hmm. because of Anwar al-Awlaki. Um, 
it didn't it didn't happen quite happen that way. Obama, the Obama administration is not really hu- trying to hype it up too much from their end, and the media is now being a little bit more cautious than they were um, yesterday, just slightly more, mm-hmm. because there has been so little actual facts that are like ver- that are, you know that have come out, or some of the facts have been quote facts have been wrong. They've been completely you know they've had to retract them later in the broadcast. Um, I guess what I'm most concerned about happening as a result from this is is something like a Michael Bloomberg style stop and frisk policy that's been if you're not already aware of what that is look up Michael Bloomberg stop and frisk uh, there's all these reports of mostly ethnic minorities in New York City being stopped and frisked on the street with no probable cause whatsoever um, usually you would stop and frisk someone if you suspect them of committing a crime. This is more like the police are given sort of carte blanche to stop and frisk anyone. Yeah, it's institu- right, right it's institutionalized racial profiling, and they admit yeah. this. There's like this hidden recording from one of the cops who recorded a conversation with like a sergeant or something, and he was saying, so who am I, who should I stop? And the guy was just like African-American males and like Latinos from ages this and that. And, and this has been a big like, controversy. Really? This has been a big controversy, you know, all over the nation. I mean, I've it, it's, but more in like sort of liberal media circles. You know, you don't really see Infowars mm-hmm. talking very much about stop and frisk, but like Amy Goodman and you know more like you know KPFA. A lot of those places talk about it, and it's it's obviously a problem because of the racial reasons, but it's also a problem because. It's like uh, New York is one of the largest cities in the in the United States, um, and Boston is is smaller. It's also on the East Coast. Michael Bloomberg, um, you know, has connections with the Boston, uh, um, you know, city government, and I I don't see it as that much farther off in the future before other major cities start employing that policy, and then use terrorism as a reason to start doing it, and that's. And so far, at least, that's the main danger I could see coming out of something like this, at least for civil liberties. Yeah, I think this is, you know, they're just going to use this to just say, look, it's still there. It still exists. It's still a reminder of how we need to be fighting this war. And we'll fight up drones and you guys don't have to see it. You know, we'll implement stop and frisk and everyone just go to be good, happy consumer sheep and don't question why we have to do this. We just just know that we can't. We have to. (laughs) And, And I mean... Things have already gotten so um, bad as far as our civil, what we expect to have out of our, you know, uh, inherent civil liberties and stuff like that, that what the genius behind it is that they don't, you know, the government doesn't have to really manufacture anything because something like this could be used for what you just said. It could be used for an excuse, you know, if they find out that it's a Muslim guy, for instance, Mm -hmm. It can be used as a continued excuse for the drone war or whatever new war we want to get in with any you know future Muslim country or Arab nation. Or if they find out it's a white guy, or if you know even better if he's a right winger gun collector kind of guy, they can use it to demonize those people, and those people live among us everywhere in the United States. Mm-hmm. So that'll just help take away the you know that'll allow them to push through civil liberties eroding legislation that'll take away even more of our rights. So either way, if it's a Muslim guy or if it's a white guy, they can both be painted and used to do either war or civil liberties erosions. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to, I wanted to say one more thing about um, 
about the that what happened in Boston is that another reason why we shouldn't just be jumping in and claiming that everything's a false flag is that I mean what do you expect is going to happen when we bomb like five different countries over a decade I mean like this if this were the first legitimate quote terrorist attack in this country I mean I'm not terribly shocked that something happened like this in a country that's been sponsoring the deaths of over a million people in the middle. I mean, it's just, I mean, we shouldn't rule out blowback completely because that is a, f- a phenomenon that's, that exists. I mean, it should be yeah, expected. I'm sure. I'm sure it does. But I honestly, I, I find blowback even harder to believe than like most of the other theories personally, because I mean, it, I mean, it's possible but I think if someone really wanted to harm the United States and say like their family was murdered in Iraq or something and they and they've come all the way over here or they're a relative of someone who's murdered in Iraq and they're and they're trying to get back at that, they would have I mean, there's so much so many better soft targets to actually do, you know, like to, to um to hit than a marathon. Um, you know, you could go to a Black Friday shopping center, a shopping mall. Um, a daycare, you know, I mean, there, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like whoever did this wanted to kill a lot of people. It seemed like they just wanted to more get media attention because the whole thing was like a live TV event in Boston. I mean, that that's what it seems like to me, mm-hmm. but I mean, you're definitely right. I mean, at this point we've been doing so much heinous shit all over the globe that of course it's possible that someone would want to retaliate on us for that. Yeah, anything, I mean, really, anything's a possibility. Just really amazing. And and, and also, just one more thing about this rice and shit. Um, that needs to be looked at very, very, uh, you know, critically as well. Because as we know, the anthrax they tried to blame on Muslim extremists and then later tried to blame on Saddam to link Iraq to 9-11 was found to come from the Pentagon's very own bioweapons research labs. So... I mean, I don't know if you guys have followed the story, but you should check it out. We'll link to a, a giant broadcast explaining everything about the anthrax attacks. But like, I mean, we just shouldn't trust anything that comes out of the, any political figure. And for those people out there who don't know what ricin is, it's a very deadly toxin that is made from castor bean oil. And castor beans, I don't even know what they're really used for, but it's it's a bean. And if you do a chemical extraction on it, which you can do pretty fairly easily with like household materials. You can get it at a store or whatever. Um, you can make ricin and Walt and breaking bad makes ricin like twice throughout the show to, um, kill people with. And I think there was a guy actually assassinated in the seventies using an umbrella tip with like a sharp point on it that had ricin poisoning on or had ricin on it. And he just like poked this dude in a crowd of people and, and the guy died from rice and poisoning holy shit um but the media r- reports about it i mean they are still saying that it's that, that it tested positive for rice but they're not 100 percent sure yeah because so, don't most tests come up false positive i mean i don't know i mean but wouldn't it be funny if the whole time that was just not real but the, the fear <laughs> remained you know i mean you don't you can't take that back unless the media wants to do like an apology you know eight hour broadcast and, and be will. like here's what it really was here's here's why these machines give false positives and why we should be skeptical about what these mach- testing you know results do in the future no they never will because i mean 
they don't get, they're not going to get viewers that way. Right. They just want to drum up the fear and uh, sensationalize everything. And, and if everything they said was not true, you know, they'll do a retraction if it's like a guy, you know, a guy's name who could sue him or something but like that. But most of the stuff they're not going to retract. Right. You know, it'll be like a blip. If they find out that ricin wasn't actually found, it'll just going to be a blip. Compared well, compared to the hype of the right you now supposed ricin letter. Um, I just wanted to say again um, that just if you're paying attention to these bombings and you're getting in arguments with people about if this is terrorism or not, just remember that the word terrorism has been redefined after 9-11 to fit into this larger manufactured framework of, of the war on terror. A war against what was once defined as a tactic, and the tactic being to commit violence and, uh, for some sort of political message or belief. Um, that's all it really means by definition. So, just, you know, if 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 people are like, well, you know, what if it was the Saudi national, or, or what if it was a, you know, a tea party or whatever, it doesn't really matter who it was, because mm-hmm. it's not connected to it's not connected to a larger framework of anything. Right. Um, even if it is a Muslim guy um, who did it, and even if he has relatives in, in a Muslim country, it doesn't, it ultimately means nothing to, um, you know, if you put it into the context of the war on terror, because the war on terror is based on a false premise. Right. So, you know, if all this talk about Obama not calling it terrorism, it is completely meaningless. Because it ultimately doesn't, the word doesn't mean anything anymore. Because any violent act um, is, can be classified as terrorism, really. I mean, you could use it as a blanket term for anything. But just notice the way in which specific things are referred to as terrorism. Because those are designed to fit into the war on terror. Well, everyone, we just wanted to give a quick update on, you know, our thoughts on, on the latest of the Boston bombings and, and how the media has been acting and stuff and just kind of moving forward. We'll definitely do a follow-up once more facts emerge and um, keep you guys posted on, on that. And Media Roots is about to launch any any day. <laughs> any day now. Um, so stay tuned. Everyone donate to MediaRoots.org if you want to see these broadcasts continue. And... All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.